0: everybody, welcome back to The Matt Report, uh, another exciting episode today. Um, I might have mentioned before that I had some troubles, technical troubles with my official season six, had some recording issues or whatever, so now I've just sort of been off the cuff finding people of interest through the Twitter feeds and through recommendations, and Nathan Elote, my guest today, I saw a lot of hype around a uh, WordCamp talk that he gave. I saw a few other sort of WordPress info sites slash training sites saying, hey, get a, get me uh, get me some time uh, with you on, on our show or on our platform, and I sort of dived in there. Uh, so super excited to have Nathan on the show today. He is somebody who's running um, his digital practice, as I'll put it. It's not an agency, it's a, it's a consultancy, but it's not your typical freelancer. He's sort of segmenting himself out of that sort of discussion of, oh, you're just a WordPress geek, or you're just a programmer, that kind of thing. Um, he's really set himself a nice sort of niche, vertical, however you want to refer to it, in his consultancy practice. And I think it's something that a lot of us need to hear. Um, some of the points that he brings up. He's got a webinar coming up. He'll be talking about that. It sort of goes along the lines of his WordCamp talk that he gave, which was well received. And we talk about all aspects of it, the branding side of it, the system side of it, um, the client's selling and relations side of it. There's a lot of good meat and potatoes in this episode, so I really hope you enjoy it. I know I did. Um, we sort of crushed some of those those theories of, you know, what is the hustle today? It's something that we hear all the time, right? Gary Vaynerchuk, somebody I I, I have in, in, well, in good regards. Um, it's just the hustle thing. Are, are we just done with that? Are we done with that word? Um, we're going to talk about that today in this episode. It's mattreport.com, MatReport.com slash subscribe. Leave a five-star review if you enjoy episodes like this, if you're finding you know wordpress podcasts are a little bit boring nowadays i don't know i'm even maybe even mine um let me know reach out to me on twitter at matt report at matt madaris and shoot me a tweet uh, and say hey here's what i'd really like to hear you talk about these days I'm, i am maybe uninterested in the deep dive of wordpress now I, i'm looking more marketing i'm looking more seo i'm looking more e-commerce what is it sales pre-sales discovery tell me what you're looking for i'll be happy to work that into the mix let's get on with the show
1: Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, my name is Nathan Nathan Alote. I am a web designer, freelance web designer. Been doing that for some time now. Quick background, um, you know, came out of college uh, like any other college kid. I went to Baylor. They're not really doing good at football, so I don't say that often now. But um, (laughs) went to Baylor, did engineering, finished. And as I was looking for an engineering job, one of my friends said, "Hey, you should work at a web hosting company. They're hiring." you know about computers. So I uh, started working at a web hosting company and everyone was talking about how do I build a WordPress site? So I got tired of not knowing how or not knowing how to put it together. So learned WordPress in and out. I was able to help out people, help out uh, clients and customers. And I was able to start building my own sites in freelancing. So I've uh, been doing that for some time. Fast forward to now, uh, still do web design, uh, the main, tool I'm always using is WordPress. Yeah, on my site, uh, there's no mention of WordPress because I really believe that it depends on the specific of the project. Uh, WordPress can pretty much be made to do almost anything, but if there's something more appropriate, uh, then I'll, I'll use that as well. But like I said, it's the majority of what I use, but there's no mention of it because it just depends. When I talk to a client, we figure that out later.
0: Sure, sure, and and I guess you know sort of we've been and when I say we, I mean sort of maybe the collective audience here of, of the Matt Report certainly doesn't uh, it certainly doesn't resemble all of the WordPress community by any stretch of the imagination. But we collectively we've been saying for a while now we have to stop leading with WordPress, right? We have to stop sort of putting that at the focus and and you know I guess it depends on who you are, what you do. I guess if you're only building WordPress plugins, that kind of thing, then yeah, WordPress makes sense to lead with that. But if you're a marketer, or you're biz or a business builder. And I'm actually interested to get your definition of what you are um, in, in a moment here. But we've been saying this for a while, like eh, there's no need to, to lead with WordPress anymore. It's too techy. It often gets way too techy and overhead uh, over the heads of our customers. We just need to to really build their businesses for them or, or at least supplement uh the building of the business maybe through technology through marketing through social that kind of thing um and we're just tying the bits of the and pieces together behind the scenes customer doesn't really care as long as it works uh and we're getting them uh the the, the outcome that they want and it just so happens we're using wordpress to do that right now um but i'm curious what what is your definition uh how do you define yourself uh, is, it, is it just sort of internet marketer consultant those are things i've been sort of toying with over the last you know few years i'd say but how do you define yourself
1: yeah great question and i love what you said about everything about wordpress Uh, you don't have to lead with it it just depends but yeah how would i would define myself i would say i am a digital marketing strategist and it depends on the needs of the client that determines the strategy so how i really got to that was yeah I, i would always say I'm a web designer that I use WordPress to create solutions. I'd have some type of verbiage like that. But what I found was I was building a website, mainly WordPress, and then I'd hand it off to a client and say, okay, I'm done. Time to move on to the next project. But then I realized that's not really helping them. Um, they Yes, they wanted a website, but that's not what they really wanted. They wanted traffic to get to that website to do something. So they wanted to take it a step further and... Um, that's strategy, right? And so, WordPress or any other type of website framework that might be a part of the strategy, but it's not really the main thing or main solution that I found to be best when working with clients. So, WordPress is a part of it. I'll give an example uh, podcasting is blowing up. I, I said everyone in the mom had a podcast in 2016, it's even grown now. But uh, if you want to run a podcast, you can have your own site based on WordPress or Uh, many of the podcasting services offer their own website services too so it doesn't have to be right so it really just depends on the needs of the client and uh, what they have but yeah I would call myself a digital marketing strategist and when we map out the strategy that determines what we're going to do
0: there's you've said so much that I want to unpack so much stuff I want to dive into strategy. Um, well, let's take a step back. The lesson you learned, which I think so many of us learn is we built a site for somebody, we gave them the website, and then off we went to mm-hmm. the next project only to find out that our customers came knocking on the door saying, hey, you know, Nate, I need to update my website. How do I do this? Or, hey, Nate, I need to grow my email list. I don't even have an email list. How do, how do I even get that going um, on my website? Uh, and then you sort of found out that, look, there's, there's some more long-term support here. Uh, for for my customer, and there's some money on the table that I'm leaving, right? When I leave my customer, there's there's this money on the table that uh, so many of us uh, need because as you know, if you're living project to project and all of a sudden the holiday seasons come, which is right around the corner, literally, um, folks stop making those big decisions. They're waiting for the holidays to end, uh, fiscal years are ending and really not jump starting until the new year. So for freelancers out there, there's that sort of famine phase, right? Feast or famine. We start to sort of famine a little bit in the holidays. If you're not built, if your if your business structure isn't built to sustain those months. Um, here's the problem, most of us, uh, and you can school me on this because you have an upcoming webinar, it's called The Dating Game, Understanding Price Anchoring. In fact, that's how we found each other here. Um, And you can school me on this. One of the problems I have with small businesses is they just don't have the money to invest in strategy. They have the money to build, have you build them a website, right? Or even do like a website refresh, maybe install some e-commerce but they don't have the money for that long-term support and strategy because they just don't have it or they just can't see the value in it through the through the weeds. So how do you position that for folks who are listening on how to sell this stuff long-term? How do you position that to make this effective in your business?
1: Yeah, I would say it all comes down to the initial questions that you first ask. You can see that there's different parts of opportunity that may be there. Uh, a couple of questions that I tend to ask is, And it's subjective, so there shouldn't be one specific answer. But I like to ask people, if everything were to go exactly perfect with the project that, you know, you contacted me for, what would you want to happen? So, you know, use your imagination, say whatever you want to say, if everything goes the way you want. And a lot of times clients will describe, they'll describe things with the site, but then they start saying other items, such as, you know, I may want to be ranked high on Google, or Um, Yes, I want to be the number one person locally for this one thing Or I want to be on New and Noteworthy on iTunes But they start saying things that have nothing to do with why they contacted you But you may be able to help with that So I just let them talk as long as they want about what would happen in an ideal situation And then on the opposite end of that, I also ask Okay, if uh, things don't go exactly as planned, what would you define as failure? So what would be a disappointment for you or a failure or something you would be upset about? And they say the same thing. And then you get to learn what their fears are, um, what, where they are afraid of taking certain risk. And you get to see what they really define as failure. So you know what to avoid. But asking that question, regardless of what they say, uh, when you ask them the success question, you'll hear. Different things that you may be able to help with, or at least point them in the right direction. So, um, as I mentioned, I'm thinking about a client I, I worked with. Um, they just said, "I want a new site." I was like, "Oh, okay." Talked to them, found out they were having a new site because they were having a grand opening. They got a new uh, building for their business. They wanted to have a grand opening. I'm like, "Oh, well, you don't just need a website. You need people to be able to find you. It's a new address. You don't exist anywhere." In, on Google or SEO wise. So that led to other opportunities. So asking those two questions, what are successes and failures and diving deeper into what they really want.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of that stuff is amazing. The yeah, I, I've been kicking around it. <laughs> my, my own course. I talked to my friend Kim Doyle about this the other day. He's about pre-sale, like a pre-sales course because teaching people the nuances of this stage, right? So many people just want to rush to give a price or, or maybe even if they don't rush to give a price, they want to give a, a set of packages or something mm-hmm. like that, and it, like the sales process, because so many freelancers that I talked to are just so adverse to sales. They they didn't grow up grow up in it. Uh, they haven't be, maybe been exposed to it at volume, so they're just unsure. It's a very you know it's a it's a very emotional decision for both parties to to undergo or conversation to undergo. So these points here about asking the right questions, even if you set a script for yourself, can immensely. F- open up opportunities that you find. I mean, in that example that you gave right there, you could have done some upsells with some like grand opening day landing pages, maybe some uh, targeted ads or something like that. But you're but you're really getting to the root of what their problem is and why they're coming to you. Um, I'll, I'll sort of kick back to you. One of the questions that I ask is why why are you doing this now what has taken you so long to make this decision not in a bad way (laughs) right like what why are you just showing up now to 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 buy a website but why are you doing this right i really want to understand why you're doing this now as opposed to six months a year ago right and then that's when you start to uncover well we had somebody working Uh on the website and he or she just disappeared or we didn't have the funds for it back then or we weren't ready to launch our new store that kind of thing um so asking those right questions can really help guide the sale and ultimately maybe make you a, a couple more more bucks
1: is that true no i would definitely say so because you start to find out uh well you have to kind of sift through the answers but you start to find out what is import- important and crucial uh, what is a nice to have what is something that they wish they really want you know what is the cherry on top but then you really see what the essentials are so yeah you pretty much alluded to it i asked that same question um that you just mentioned i like to ask yeah. what, what's the trigger how did it happen how did you get into this so yeah yeah for sure
0: for sure, my favorite is when, like, when like the cousin's neighbor's sister's brother who built the website just you know went to college and you never heard back from them again. Yeah, something <laughs> it's like, like Oh that. yeah,
1: well you should. And then, should have invested in a professional. And then you log in and you see all the updates that need to be made. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: So so how do you set that expectation? And and you just bring up another great point about updates. Uh, how do you set the expectation for long term when people just feel like okay, Nate's going to go in and build a website and he'll be done. Right, I'm not getting anything else from him. Uh, maybe a couple of questions here and there, but there's no maintenance, there's no updates, there's no long-term thinking about maybe transitioning themes every couple of years or creating land, landing pages. How do you set the longer runway for your customer and not just have it stop after the website?
1: Yeah, and just to dive into that a little bit, I have to give some context because I'm just somebody who made a lot of mistakes and, and learned from my mistakes, and I don't want to <laughs> repeat the same one. So I would yep. say you have to learn what the difference is between uh, customer service and customer assumption. Uh, everything you just mentioned about, you know, what about updates and maintenance and, uh, you know, maybe you need, they need to switch a theme in the future. Those were things that I wouldn't talk about or discuss. And the client would assume that I was going to provide that or do that service, or at least they would assume how much that would be in their minds. And because I didn't cover it, it was just too subjective, right? So in having those conversations, it's good to clearly define future opportunities so that the client can give you a yes or no. For example, I remember I had a client, um, I, you know, I asked them, hey, do you want backups? They were like, no, I don't want any backups." I think they're trying to save money, but whatever. Uh, they said they didn't want me to do any backups. I said, okay. Uh, they move forward with their hosting, they switched web host on their own and deleted their old server before transferring the files. There you go. Yeah, you know, it happens every day, right? No. But so then <laughs> they run back to me and say, Oh, Nathan, uh, please do you have any files? I'm like, what happened? So they told me, and I'm like, Oh, well, um, yeah, did you uh yeah, did you get backups? And and I'm pausing here because now I don't look like a jerk. If I if, if I had backups but then I wanted to maybe charge them, you know, 300 to 500, whatever I wanted to charge for the backups. Um, and if I wanted to charge it, I'm like a jerk who is, you know, trying to nickel and dime them maybe. Uh, but if they know they made the decision to not get backups, it's not my fault. It's, it's it's, right. it's, it's the client's responsibility at that point. But in that example, um, I disobeyed them and made backups anyway, and I was able to help them, uh, in that instance, but, Yeah, I'm just bringing that up just to say, you talk about future opportunities, that's why you have to talk about it, because um, it it may come up, and if it does, you either look like a superstar, or you look like someone who is uh, having to pay every time they call you, you know, right
0: yeah, I mean, you know, some of this stuff and, and you mentioned the sort of nickel, nickel and diamond co- concept. I, I think that if if we're doing our jobs efficiently, effectively with a high level of communication, you're showing all your cards, right? You're saying, here's all the options um, you know, you can buy the top of the top. If you don't, that's okay. Uh, you can buy sort of either middle of the road or, or, or the rock bottom price if that's, what's going to get you your desired outcome. Uh, but these other options exist. And I think as long as we're communicating that like you did, uh, then Hey, it, it's, 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 it's fine, right. To have these choices because ultimately what happens is, is what's even worse is when they come back to you and they say, why didn't you offer me mm-hmm. this? Right.
1: Um, and they know you had the knowledge I, or you, you you knew the just in case. You just didn't act on it.
0: Right. Maybe you were again a lot of people are just very shy on, you know, they they might have pushed their, you know, this might be the first as an example, this might be their first five thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar website that they ever sold. So they feel like, man, I have pushed the bar so far that I don't think I can ask for another nickel from this mm, customer. Yeah. Um, and I, I am guilty of this, just like you said, learning from a failures over the years, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, and I'm sure we're, we're probably going to chat about Gary Vaynerchuk cause I got a note here about one of your blog posts, hope, uh, hustle versus hope. Um, but you know, sort of growing up, listening to Gary talk about, um, how he sold his first Media sites or packages, whatever they were they started at 10,000 then he went to somebody else and he said they're 20,000 Then he went to another person. He said 30,000 and he's like I can't believe people are just saying yes to me (laughs) And and then he's like when he gets to 50,000 they said jump off a bridge and he said, okay, okay I mean 40,000 we'll go with 40,000, right? So it's always this constant game of pushing yourself so I understand when people push themselves to this limit, they go, "Oh man, I can't ask for any more." But it's so better, so much better, to have all of your cards out there to say, "Here are all of the options," uh, because it's only more frustrating for the user to come back to you and say, "Why didn't you offer me this?" You know, Google Analytics integration. You know, why didn't you offer me these backups? Yeah, um, you did. You just didn't want to pay for
1: or, it. Or they don't. They don't pose it like that. They, what What used to happen to me often would be. I set up a website, Google Analytics is separate, right? And it's free, they could do it, but they never would. And they would say, how many people have been to the site? It sounds bad to say, I don't know. Or it sounds bad to say, well, don't have that number exactly, but if you did do Google Analytics, you and then it's like, what? Why didn't you just do it then? Um, But yeah, that goes back to what you just mentioned. Offering that so they're aware. How
0: do you keep all of this stuff organized for your business? Are you using like a, a CRM or some kind of sort of database tool that's saying, okay, here are all my notes from this pre-sales call. This is what they, this is maybe what I tried to sell them. They said, no, we went with this other plan instead. Um, maybe going back for like upsell and telling customers, hey, you know, don't forget we can do once a quarter, you know, Google analytics reviews. Like how do you keep all this stuff organized and, and systematized in your business?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of things uh, One, I try to remember everything <laughs> That I, I, I sound like I'm joking But <laughs> seriously, I try to But that's terrible The reason why is You yeah. know, your mind can only remember so much And uh, your mind is like a computer If it fills up with different information It's going to run slower um, Right? A little Matrix talk But anyway uh, Yeah, for me too, for yeah, especially Yeah, so you can't, rem- you can't remember everything So let your mind relax by Writing things down and documenting But what I do with that is I use Asana. Uh you know Asana pretty much is a task management app. You write different notes, you can write different projects, you can make to-do lists. So I use Asana with uh Dropbox and on Dropbox I te- I make a folder for my clients and I make subfolders, but I put any piece of documentation in there. Like this was the introductory meeting. Uh these are notes from the first call. Um, another thing that I do, similar to how we're talking now uh, Whether we're meeting in person or on the phone via Skype or whatever um, I record it I ask them of course, but I record it uh, If I'm in person, I have a voice recorder um, I have a Zoom H4N, I bring it, I say, do you mind if I record? I'll just set this on the table, They don't, no one has said no Put it on the table and talk So I just make sure to document everything uh, Even if I'm writing in Google uh, Google Docs, I'll download it, put it in that Dropbox folder because I forget things, but also it's good to record to say, I know exactly what you said because, you know, I recorded it, uh, you know, not to kind of say I got you, but oftentimes people remember things differently, but if I'm recording everything, no matter what you say, it's like, no, you said this, it's it's on audio, right? And I, right. All, all the things right. that I'm talking about, I do give client access to, I say, Uh, I give them a link and say at any given time, mostly on the emails I send to them, it's uh, towards the bottom. Any given time, click on this link to see all the notes of where we're at and what we've discussed in the past. And, you know, there's some transparency there.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. That is a huge, well, number one, it was a huge lesson I learned before I had started my agency. Um, But... uh, Definitely, leaving a paper trail is is good for both sides of, of the discussion, right? It's good for you because you get to uh, have all that stuff documented, and you can see what they said. But also, there's you know, if if there's a, a change in you know, uh, employees at that company or something like that, that's a, a benefit to your customer because then, then they could say, you know, if there's a new person that comes in, there's a new uh, you know director of marketing or whatever, and he or she takes over the, the role, you have all of these sort of recorded uh, conversations or at least a documented list of emails that they can sift through to see what their prior, um, you know, employee had re- requested or the direction that they were heading into. So it's a, it's a value on, on both sides, yeah. um, and it keeps it keeps everybody grounded.
1: Yeah, you're just you're just trying to um, protect both sides, you and the person too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so I mentioned Gary V before. Do you do you follow him at all? Uh,
1: I do, I do. He he has some he has some new shoes coming out. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, there's not enough time for me to riff on them. I, I have a, I do have a, a
0: love-hate relationship with them. I, more love than I do hate. Uh, well, more hate on the Jets side because I'm a Patriots oh, yeah, fan, I got but you. <laughs> more love. Uh, but it, it, I'm just gonna ask you. I mean, is the word hustle? Is that just done with? Are we sick of that word now?
1: Man, I've always, I've always known that word since I was younger. I mean, growing up in the inner city, that's like what hustle is. You know. Do what you can to get income to get towards your goals. Like that's not a secret. I do think, you know how they always say slang terms die when your grandparents start saying them or your your parents start saying yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hustle is somewhat getting like that. Everyone's saying, "Ooh, hustle, hustle, right, hustle right. conference, hustle con." <laughs> you know things like that, and it's like, wow. But um, no, it's it's still relevant because I do think the word is becoming so common. Uh, that people are saying it and they're not really hustling. You know, hustling is putting in consistent or extra effort with a sense of urgency to make sure you get to your accomplished goal. And then once you get to your goal, you move on to the next thing. So many people say, I'm hustling, but it's like, have you reached your goal? You're not hustling because if you're hustling, you would have already reached it or been working tirelessly until you do. So, yeah, there's a, there's right. a huge difference. I think some people say hustle, but. Uh, like I mentioned in that article, it's more like hope. They're, they're doing actions and hoping for a result. Right. Do you, do you, would you argue that,
0: uh, you can, that you can't hustle until you actually have a goal? How, how important is that goal to the actual hustling? Because I feel like so many people say that they're hustling. And, and in fact, maybe they are. But from the outside, they're hustling. But maybe on the inside, they're just spinning their wheels because they haven't set a goal to even obtain.
1: How, I mean, does that ring true to you at all? Yeah, I mean, that goes back to, you know, you trying to uh, balancing a lot of different things. I'll say, you know, you're trying to juggle plates on a long stick. You're trying to juggle them. Uh, that fit. Fe- the feeling is the same. Like, you're working very hard and right. you may get tired and, uh, you know, you're like, hey, wh- where's my time? I- I have- I'm so busy. It may feel the same, but like you said, unless you've defined a goal, and a goal doesn't exist, in, it's not even a reality until you write it down. If you haven't written, written it down, it's mm. not even real. So you have to write it down Until you've written the goal And shared it with other people Then you know I think you're just working aimlessly So you need to focus all of your effort Towards something And that's where hustle comes in I know because uh, Like for example When I first started freelancing I was just working And seeing how much I could make But then mm-hmm. it's it's easier to take off Because I don't have a goal Of what I'm making I'm like oh, I don't really uh, Whatever Whatever you know, but when when you finally say and quantify it, when you finally say, I want to make this much in this amount of time, now, finally, you have parameters for your efforts and you know, like, I, I cannot relax today because I need to get to this point.
0: What is one takeaway from your upcoming webinar that sort of sets somebody down this path of, of perceive success or at least they start to realize success i guess is a better a better term like is there an aha moment in this webinar that came to you that said you know what i really need to to drill down on this content because it's making my business so much better and i guess let me just frame that a little bit more is you said when you started i just tried to make as much money as i as i could which totally makes sense right i think a lot of people start with that same concept in their head, they say, "Okay, I'm leaving my job. Let's say I'm making 50 grand now. How can I make 60 grand or 50 grand by my, you know, solo?" So they start with like the, with the minimum that they have to make, right? Um, and they don't really set on which clients do I want to work with? What am I really good at? How do I turn that into a product? If I need to make 50 grand, do I actually need to talk to 200 thousand dollars worth of business just to land that 50 grand? Um, I think a lot of people start with just that income level, uh, but is there anything in in this upcoming webinar that would sort of set the person to a milestone that they can they can try to achieve uh, by attending this webinar?
1: No, I would definitely say so. Uh, the one takeaway that I would say that people need to really think about, and in the webinar, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, I'm doing a webinar called "The Dating Game: Understanding Price Anchoring," and I talk about a little bit of background of how I got to that point, as well as here are some practical things you can apply to your business today. And I give uh, quite a few ideas of what you can implement. But the, the one thing that I would say is, you know, you mentioned income goals and things of that nature. A lot of what I'm going to talk about, other people have been doing, other people under other industries, other products, have been doing to us for Years. Years. So a lot of what I'm going to cover in terms of price anchoring and different options and um, knowing how to get to certain goals and how to price is this is not new because sometimes it feels like, do I really need to do that to my clients? Do I really need to offer them a package for a thousand and then the next level is five thousand? Am I really just inflating my prices? It's like, well, I'm like, hey, guys and gals, like this has been done to us to death. Like. I'll just take the iPhone. iPhone Apple Apple releases the i I like calling it the X. I know iPhone X. You know, so they they released the iPhone <laughs> X ten. Yeah, whatever. They released the iPhone X and everyone's like, Oh wow, wow, okay. How much? Only a thousand. They're like, it's only a thousand. I'm like, guys, only a thousand? Um that's a computer <laughs> now. You you do know that, right? Like, do you do you feel that? Right. And you're like, yeah, that's a thousand, it's a little steep. But that's oh, a little steep. I'll just get the eight. It's only about eight hundred. Only eight hundred. Right, a- right. Only eight hundred. What are you talking about? Like, you, so, but, so, I'm bringing that up just to say other industries have been doing that type of logic to us forever. So more pe- people. My, my are favorite okay. is the,
0: My favorite is the gas gas prices at the. Pump. Oh
1: yeah, you know, I I, I love <laughs> I love when people say my dad ah oh, my dad it makes no sense my dad uh was an accountant. And he was very, uh, I'll say He was ve- he was very frugal, I'll say that He was frugal with yeah. his money And he would say, oh that's too much I'm like, dad, because uh, I was good at math I'm like, dad, you're sitting here driving 10 miles looking for cheaper gas When you do the math, you wasted more gas <laughs> Then just buy the gas But again, right, again right. That's a little bit of what we're going to get into People Tend to make illogical decisions When they perceive something is better When it's really not, and in the Example of Apple. Not that I work for Samsung. I do have an Android. But uh, in the example I gave with Apple, they gave you one price. So you think it makes sense to pay only 800. Right. And that type of logic, that type of psychology is used on everyone. We're used to it. And so, so as a business owner, you should use that as well because people are already used to it. So you should use different options. So that's that's the big takeaway I would say. The fact that this is very common, it's used on us all the time. You can only benefit from using it, right? You know,
0: it, it's uh, it's it's interesting because I, you know, I've been sort of just. Well, I mean, everybody knows now that I I, I, I have this full time gig now at at Pagely where I sell uh, web hosting. But one of the things that we and I've known this even, even prior to, t- to taking this job here, is that sometimes the high end just delivers so much more value, right? That the customer just says, just like that iPhone, you're like, you want the best. You want to walk into Apple and buy the best. It's going to be the iPhone X, right? Uh, or you're going to go and buy the 5K iMac, even though you probably can't even see the difference. Yeah, probably, <laughs> you're huh? going gonna to spend four grand on it. Um, people want the high end because they're, you know, hopefully uh, in our client services, hopefully that high end means that there's a a, a big discrepancy in value. You're going to get so much more. Um, I have a client right now who's been with us for years uh, at the agency, and they've been on sort of what I'll call legacy pricing, right? They were never built into our retainer fees and our sort of minimum project buy-ins, but they've been growing very slowly over the last four or five years. Now they're hitting a capacity where they need to be like where our bigger customers are, but they just, they're just not aware of the pricing that those, that these other people are paying, but they're still getting that kind of level of service. Um, And um, having a, a conversation with them this week about that sort of reality check right there is like, you're at another level now, you need ongoing like development every single, at least every couple of weeks, you're, you're developing something new. Uh, you need to be at a whole different ballgame for us to, to do business with you because questions are coming in daily, that kind of thing. So I think that um, it's a good lesson for both, right? To have that, not just a price anchor, but to deliver
1: something of maximum value. Is is, is that fair? No, I, I would say so because, and again, some, some people have to remember that The work that we're doing is for the benefit of you and your business. So it really is an investment. So as a professional, creative professional at that, you have to position yourself like it's an investment because it is. And you'll, the investment will make things easier for you. And if you really want to uh, pitch to the client in the right way, the investment should also help them make money. So you're going to have to show them both. You're going to have to show them, this is how it will help make you money And this is how it will help you make things Easier for you But um, that does not come Free uh, And right. hey, th- and guess what There are free options out there that you can try But if you do You're not going to get all these other things So I think we all recognize That if we really want something valuable We're going to have to pay for it You know the old adage You get what you pay for that, that's, that's very true Um, you mentioned Pagely, even with hosting, you you, you get what you pay for. I remember, uh, I remember working with some people and they would say, uh, Hey, I found this hosting company. It's a dollar a month. Should I go with them? And I'm like, what do you think? A dollar a month? What do you think? Right. You know, so (laughs) you, you get what you pay for and it's not just value. It's also, uh, protecting your investment. So the more you invest, uh, you, the investment should be protected, but again, it's on the creative professional to communicate that. That's something I didn't do in the past. I would just say, you should pay a lot. You should pay me a lot of money. Why? Oh, because yeah. I have a lot of expertise. That's not going to tempt anybody. That's not going to help anyone. It's you. You should pay this price, and here's some reasons why. Uh, and then just position yourself like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I see that you've put out. A wide range of uh, videos on YouTube. Um, I feel, at least you know, for the last year, there's sort of been this you know resurgence in, in YouTube, which is which is kind of funny to me because I feel like people. I mean, YouTube's been around forever in terms of the internet. Um, the the push to video, the the push to sort of personal branding, and even beyond that personal brand. I mean, you look at the size again. I hate to keep using Gary Vaynerchuk as like this sort of cornerstone example, but he is sort of a personal um, a personal brand who is able to build a probably near billion dollar uh, advertising marketing and advertising company pretty soon. Um, how important is YouTube to you? What's your strategy? What's your outlook on it? Like, how have you leveraged it in your business? And and by the way, like I'm looking at your thumbnails, I'm looking at your website, I'm looking at your podcast artwork. There's there's great synergy there. It all looks good. Uh, oh, so kudos you. to you, on that. you. It looks. I like the way everything sort of ties in. But what's your what's your take on YouTube and how that's going to help your business?
1: Yeah, I think uh, if yeah, it yeah, all, yeah. if it's if at it all, and maybe you
0: might be looking at a different angle. No,
1: I got you. So with YouTube. I think the resurgence came from the fact that they started seeing people were making money and careers off YouTube and off video. So, you know, different people are running the YouTube and maybe adding monetization, hoping to get something from that. Uh, my advice to anyone is YouTube is free video hosting and it's gotten a lot better throughout the year. So but it's the first and most popular search engine is, of course, Google. The second is YouTube. Then you can start talking about the other one. so um, And also Most people don't put in effort To make a video um, I remember blogging was rare Now everyone writes So then video came up But not everyone does a video because it takes More effort, so again If you put out videos that are quality It shows that you actually Care about your brand and you're trying to Engage someone who might be a visual learner That's one thing, mm-hmm. and the way that works out in my business as a strategy, I don't care about anybody else. Um, I, I do look at what other people are doing, that's for sure, but I don't care about anyone else. And I think if you get to the point where you don't care, you can focus on the content you want to talk about. For example, I don't care about views because I, I need the right people to see the video. I don't need everyone to see the video. And also, if you're watching the video... You see, you see me, you see my facial expressions Over time, you, get, you feel like you know me That can happen on a podcast too But on video, you really feel like you know the person um, Especially if you do like behind the scenes video You feel like you know the person So then when you interact with my brand Or you're reading something Or you meet me in person You feel like you kind of already know me So Really, my strategy and my goal with YouTube Is really just to introduce people to who I am Talk about things that can actually help them So I can create some type of reciprocation That, oh man, this guy's already helped me I feel like I know him Uh, Whatever he has going, I want to support And also, just so they know me as a professional So I would encourage anyone out there Whatever type of business you have Make a few quality videos around those core subjects of your business and just have those available for people to consume because it'll help them get to know you and feel more comfortable with you as a person, not just, you know, an anonymous person on the web.
0: Right now. I totally agree. I mean, that is, that's the way I've always used it. Um, well that's actually how I've always used my podcast really is as sort of a, just a, some leverage in a, in a conversation with a potential customer. I mean, if they, ask why should i do business with you that kind of thing i could always say well i have a, a fairly well uh, respected wordpress podcast and you know you can just search for me on itunes and read the reviews there or just listen to a couple episodes if you want to get to know me a little bit more that kind of thing but uh, sort of sort of investing more into youtube um last year and, and it's funny like you know, i started a i started a tutorial channel uh on youtube uh, youtube.com/plugin tut where i just do these like plugin tutorials when i when I was doing them when i had more time and, and i do plan on getting back into them but i f- i felt like man when i when i leave which when i when i stop doing these tutorials which yes <laughs> uh when i do those um the the expectation was i'm gonna stop for the summertime and take some time off i was like well my channel's probably gonna die it's actually doubled uh over the summer uh and Almost tripled at this point. I'm like, man, I gotta get back into doing YouTube because it seems like it's still growing, and this content is more evergreen, right? Than than just sort of throwaway. Like I feel like what a blog almost is nowadays, which is funny to say that. Um, but I feel like these YouTube videos are much more evergreen, and, and they're and they're actually continuing to rise, which is I guess a good thing for investing in YouTube.
1: No, that's awesome. I actually, you know, went to Plug and Tut to look really quick. And um, no, I like some of the content I see here I'd be, I would be interested in learning And reading anything that you have How You have things about podcasting And other things as well So yeah, yeah. that's the thing if, if you're just teaching And that's the thing teach, teach what you know right now Because I think people forget It takes a while to get momentum uh, Regardless of if it is a podcast If it is a YouTube channel If it is a blog, whatever It takes a while So you don't have to wait Um, Start talking about what you want or what you can talk about today and as you learn talk about it teach other people Um, there's a video I made on YouTube it says how to live stream with a Canon 70D and I'm you know honestly I'm literally on there trying to figure out how to do it and commentating, commentating what I'm doing and that's like the hottest video I have right now. I have no clue why. Right. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm like, oh, maybe I need to make more how-to videos instead of just yeah. uh, conceptual visual videos where I'm walking people through certain concepts. Maybe I need to do more how-to and screen shares, right? Um, but that's the other thing. Just make videos so you know what resonates. If you're not making things or putting things out there in public, you don't know what works and what doesn't. So, the only way is to try yeah. it. But, yeah, from what I see of what you've done with Plugin' Touch, it looks good. Uh, and yep. that's how people can find you. And then when they go deeper, they'll say, Oh, he has a podcast? Listen to the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Or vice versa. They're on your podcast. Oh, he has YouTube channel too. Right? So, it just, it just helps you overall and helps you learn uh, what resonates with other people.
0: And, and not everybody can do it. Uh, I know we're sort of uh, running over time here, but um, just one other question uh, and sort of get your take on it. So not everybody can do it. And like you said, boy, maybe about a year ago, you said everybody and you know and their mother's going to have a podcast and everybody's going to have a blog, that kind of thing. And I feel like everybody's going to try to have YouTube. But there is, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of work involved in it, number one, but there's, there's still... You have to have the personality, I'd imagine, um, to to really attract uh, an audience and, and to have a reason for people to tune in. Um, you know, I, I talk to customers, local customers all the time. I'm not doing any more like local consulting anymore much really, but there's a few people that I'm friendly with that I, I I don't mind helping in my coworking space, you know, and they say, how do I get more traffic? And it's they they're looking for like this secret answer. Like for me to be like, Oh yeah, all you have to do is click this, this, and this, and boom, you'll get more traffic. Um, I only know the organic way, which is audience building, podcast, video, email, Blogging, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't really specialize in, in like promotional ads or Google AdWords or anything like that. So I tell them about like coming out with their personality and and and, and having discussions with people, and and they look at me like you're crazy. I'm not going to do that. And I feel like saying like, well, why did you get into business? Like, didn't you know you had to like sell yourself a little bit here? Oh yeah, <laughs> what are you're, you're so right. afraid you of. Uh, I mean, how, what's your take on that? Like, how do you do you ever have you ever coached in anybody into getting a podcast up and running and Maybe they were adversed at first, but now they're like super happy they did it.
1: Yeah, I think many people don't see how it connects. And and I also have a video called Marketing and Trust. Uh, I talk a little bit about this. but And by the way, all the videos I make, they are a part of a podcast too. So I also podcast. I do too much, but anyway. Um, yeah, welcome to the club, man. <laughs> yeah, but the, the whole point of that is, You're working to build up trust, and even if you're anxious about it, or you're like, no, that's not really my personality, it's not really about your personality. Are you willing to do whatever you can to make someone feel comfortable to finally work with you, or interact with your brand, or purchase a product that you have? And uh, many people just don't see the connection. They're like, what's the point? Um, Then they start seeing, it's one of those things you will not see until you do it. So if you start podcasting, then finally someone will say, yeah, I learned about you through your podcast. Oh, they finally became a client. Right. But but or somebody refers someone to you and you go down the rabbit hole again and you say, "Okay, how would you find out about me? Oh, my friend told you. What's this friend? Oh, I think this friend listens to the podcast or something. Oh, so again, it's just another marketing avenue that is not too hard to start in comparison to. Some of the other marketing avenues that require you to throw money at it But uh, it's not too hard to start And uh, if you do start, again, you have total control To do whatever you want to do, talk about whatever you want to talk about And if you're consistent, it will resonate with someone Now if it doesn't resonate, that's okay You tried, you can stop That's the whole point again, setting goals Setting uh, goals and times to reach, reach a certain point But if it doesn't work, okay, stop that move on to the next thing that you have but at least you tried wholeheartedly so i I tend to tell people they're like should i do youtube should i do a blog should i do this i'm like honestly you should try each one of those and whichever one resonates go all in on that one
0: yeah absolutely Nathan, this has been an amazing interview. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time to do this. Uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Where, where can they find the webinar that you're going to be doing? And when is that all going down?
1: Yeah, yeah. So thanks. Again, this has been a great time as well. Uh, so, yeah, Nathan Alote. So, my name is Nathan, N A T H A N. And then last name is Alote, A L L O T E Y.com, NathanAlote.com. Uh, That's where you can find me on the homepage You see different things Uh, You also see a link to the webinar If you want to go directly to the webinar It is NathanAlote.com Slash webinar And that's the one we're going to talk about The dating game and price anchoring That's actually a week from this recording On November 6th But if you still go to that link uh, Even after I'll set something up So you can get the replay um, as well So yeah that's where you can find me Great
0: Awesome. Everybody else, matreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. It is the number one way to stay connected to us. Leave a five-star review on iTunes if you enjoy episodes like this. And that really helps us get found and eke out all of that WordPress competition out there on iTunes. See you in the next episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking around and listening to this episode and supporting the Matt Report. For over five years now, it's been a pleasure of mine. It was a pleasure to have this guest on today to talk about uh, their business and how they run it. Speaking of business, if you have something you're launching, you have a new website, a new marketing page, a new product, anything that could use a second set of eyes, you can find me at userfeedbackvideos.com. That's user feedback videos. Where I will review your product, your landing page, your funnel, whatever workflow or starting point you want me to take a look at online. I'll do that. I'll record it. I'll send it to you in a private screencast with my feedback uh, from over a decade of experience in this space marketing, technology, WordPress, and otherwise. I hope you see you there. It's userfeedbackvideos.com. It's like having a co founder for 59 bucks.